Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the McShin Foundation's award-winning podcast, Get in the Herd. We are here today with several folks from Aware Recovery. Uh, we're going to be talking with them today to uh, see exactly what they are, who, uh, who, who they are, what they do, uh, what they're all about. Uh, we kind of threw this show together last minute. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Lane Weatherholt for putting all this together for us. Um, so, yeah, um, let's go ahead and start the show. Um, who, who, whoever would like to start, feel free. Um, it's kind of just an open conversation. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am the aforementioned Lane uh, and <clears throat> um Really glad to be here on the podcast today. Thanks for letting us come on here um, and kind of take over. And uh, it's really cool to have the team here. Um, and yeah, I mean, basically, I, I just wanted to get aware um, out to the masses, those those who, who are looking for, um, I mean, really, the, the more um, assistance that is available to those suffering from uh, substance use disorder, um, the better. And so um, we, we have a very unique uh, treatment um, option for, for uh, potential clients. And I just wanted to bring everyone on here and uh, talk about it. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I want to go to, uh, to Tucker real quick. Tucker, uh, tell me what, uh, what it is that you guys do. Uh, I know here at McShin, we, we have the peer to peer model. Uh, that seems to work for us really well. Um, you guys are a little bit different though. Uh, t- tell me what, what it is that you guys do. So, yeah, we're, we actually do a lot of the peer to peer type stuff. Um, what separates us from the rest though is we're like an in-home treatment center. We create the client's home to be the treatment center. Um, a lot of people, including myself, um, get nervous when they hear that because a lot of the triggers happen inside of a client's home. Sure. Um, but it's the thing that makes it work so well is For me personally, my biggest struggle was when I came home from treatment. Um, And so we're helping the client get comfortable with themselves, set up um, the right tools for them to have long-term success inside of their own home and navigating those triggers along the way with the client. Um, we, We help them find meetings in the area, but the goal is to really... We start by meeting with them four times a week. Um, We slowly navigate down to three and two and one. The goal is to long-term have the client find all their own resources in the community so that we're slowly letting go of that um, attachment. Right. Um, Now, when you say triggers, uh, I know that, uh, you know, a big, a big trigger for me is, uh, is having to sit with my emotions. Um, and that has uh, a lot to do with, you know, my mental health. Um, what, what do you guys do to, I mean, do you guys specifically address any kind of mental health or, or is it, you know, all just abstinence based or, or, you know, what, what kind of model do you guys have for that? So we have a whole, we have a whole curriculum um, and a bunch of different interventions that we cater to the client's needs. Um, we obviously start with, uh, what a lot of people in the recovery world are familiar with and some smart recovery goals and figuring out what kind of is the base of, um, the, the long-term and short-term goals that we're trying to work towards. Okay. Um, 
we we do um outsource most of the mental health type stuff we're we're here to focus more on the um substances okay uh, a cool part of our program though is we we're not a completely you don't have to be completely abstinent to to still be a part of our program um a lot of programs instantly will kick you out if you are if you relapse or mm-hmm. your current as we are now transitioning towards um and we we use that as a learning experience um we we think that uh recurrence is actually one of the best times for one of these interventions to be slid in and work towards um a new goal okay and, and um but to answer your question more specifically yes we do outsource a lot of the mental health stuff inside of the enrichment community gotcha awesome hey jack welcome to the show hey thanks justin happy to be here absolutely good this to see cool. you good to see you um yeah. holly uh, i'd like to hear from you uh what what is it that you do uh over at aware um well i am actually one of the new hires <laughs> at uh aware so this is actually my what is it jack my fourth week so i'm very excited um I am a certified recovery. Um, oh my gosh, I'm certified recovery advisor. <laughs> uh, I advisor. Thank you. I was like associate. That doesn't sound right. Oh my goodness, sorry. Um, pretty much uh, right now we are building up Virginia, and um, so far we we're doing really well. We uh, I'm on a team with Miss Victoria. Um, well, we all are a team, but her and I are kind of, I guess, partners, you would say. Um, and we have we have one one client right now that we see, and it is four times a week. So it's pretty it's pretty um, intensive, as uh, Tucker was saying. We kind of phase out as as time goes on, but right now, as it is needed, four times a week, and um, we are just right now actually on week two. So. Um, just learning and building a rapport and building a, you know, um, that framework where you can have trust and it, and it's a two way street, of course, with everything, but it is very important that, um, that our clients and that we are able to have that connection and have, um, trust to be able to progress in any type of recovery and, and to figure out what is needed. So trust, trust is huge. That's a, that's a, oh, yeah. that's a super huge piece. Um, we've got a couple people that are, uh, just audio, no video. Uh, looks like we lost to Kia, uh, Angela, uh, I'd like to hear from you. What is it that you do over at aware? Hey, how are you? Oh, there we go. Um, but I wanted to be here. How you doing? Um, Good. How are you? I'm brand new to aware. Also, I was part of the second wave of hiring. Um, I'm also a CRA, ready to get my feet wet. I've been doing a lot of training, a lot of, um, like, just group mentoring with Jack um, and some others, just trying to make sure clients up and going, you know, we're getting acclimated to aware. So I'm just glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here. Um Let's see. It's it was it's Vanessa, right? Or Victoria. Victoria. Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, Victoria, what is it that you do at Aware? Um, and actually, if you can answer me another question, how long has Aware uh, been around? Oh, hello, Jack. Um, <laughs> Everybody saw that coming, right? Um, so, what, Jack? Is it two thousand fourteen? Two thousand. 2011. 2011. Okay, so it's 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and I'm a certified recovery advisor as well. Um, and I've, I've worked in the community for a good bit. Um, I've worked closely with McShin as well, um, Journey House, Pinnacle, um, Mount Regis, and a few other places. And, and so I just, 
but I really love aware. Um, it, it just has something different about it. Um, and I really appreciate the, um, different ap approach that, that we're taking and just bringing it into the client's home, um, where the client is going to go back to, um, at some point. Um, and I do remember having that same experience in my recovery journey as well, just, um, kind of being in a place with, um, ponies and, and art and no jobs, um, frolicking in the forest for a month. And they're like, you're better. And I'm like, <laughs> I think I am. And they're like, go home. And I'm like, no, right. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, I can pet horses here all day, you know? And I'm like, no wonder I'm better. And, you know, then I get kind of sent home and I'm like, uh, what is this, you know, back into that zone. And, um, so it's really cool to kind of get with the clients. And, um, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is I was actually with a client right before this, and we're actually planning to go to an art show together, um, start a recovery-based um, book. Um, like, what is it called? Like a book reading? Book club. Book club, yeah. And, you know, she's, you know, she's um, around my age, and she's like, I sound like an old lady. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. You, you sound like someone <laughs> who's learning to have fun again. Um, so it's, it's just really about like the opposite of addiction is connection. Um, so just connecting with my clients, making them laugh, going to a comedy club, you know, just, um, my client hasn't done art in years and she's getting back into art again. Um, and to just see her smile and find what makes her happy again is just something so beautiful. That's a part of this process. And I just absolutely love it. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, Joe, talk to me, buddy. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Um, good, going good. So you're, to uh, you're coming on board soon, right? Yeah, I start January 4th. Okay, cool, cool. Now, I got a question for you. Is there any type of like training or anything that you have to go through or any kind of certification that you have to go through to, to what is it, a, a certified... Certified recovery advocate. Certified recovery advocate. Okay. Yeah. Advisor. 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 Okay. I'm still I'm really new. It's not even my first day yet. So. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Uh, like I said, what do you have to do to uh to to get on board there? So to get on board, you know, standard stuff for most recovery coaches. I've worked for a few places now. You know, background check, fingerprints, TB test, uh, drug screen. That's kind of the standard procedure for hiring in this field. I feel like. Right. Um, also, you know, I'm a certified, uh, recovery coach. Um, so I had to get my, my 72 hour, uh, class done to be a, a mm -hmm. peer recovery coach and get the test taken the hours. I don't that's standard for everyone. I think they, I, I don't know the, the deal on that, but that's what I had to do to get my foot in the door with any, any job I've had in recovery being a, a coach, honestly. Right. Um, and then from, I talked to Lane a lot, so I know there's like a couple weeks training they go through with um, sure. mentoring and different types of training um, and then some shadow work with another coach that has more experience than you mm -hmm. um, work with the clients and we're rolling out Virginia. This is an all new project here. So, you know, I think marketing just started here. I heard some commercials on the radio yesterday, which is really cool. I was driving around and um, I, I know them. I, I, I'm a part of them. So I was really excited to see the marketing roles happening. And um, we got a couple clients out here now. So it sounds like a really awesome pathway. It's a new model here. I'm excited to be part of the company uh, growing new company in Virginia. So, I mean, in this, I know a couple of staff here and, uh, um, I've heard some things, other people that work here. It sounds like a really awesome place to work. I'm looking forward to this team just doing great things in recovery in the very near future. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's, uh, it's so cool that, you know, these recovery organizations can come together like this, uh, you know, for the common good. I think that's a really cool thing. It's, it's not like there's a competition out there or anything like that. Uh, we all do everything that we can possibly do to, uh, to help those that are, who are still sick and suffering. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And I talk about that a lot because I started my journey working at McShin as far as this field goes. You know, I, I got a rehab like Victoria was saying and was scared to go home. Uh -huh. um, a lot of triggers there. Like, oh, I get to be an adult all of a sudden after 30 days in a facility mm -hmm. that wasn't so um, I, I luckily ended up at McShin's parking lot and just went to meetings every day and got connected. And um, I started volunteering there. And that's, that's led me to a great new career where I get to help mm -hmm. people. 
that's what it's all about. Like, it's, it's, I get to help people. Now. Yeah. You know? I tell you, one of the uh, one of the biggest things for me personally in my recovery uh, has been staying around uh, the right people uh, and and being involved with you know those those people that are that are in recovery themselves uh, and and people that are going to help me and and not you know uh, I guess hurt. Um, when I first this is my second go round. I'm I'm at McShin right now, obviously. Um, you know, this is, this is my job. Uh, you know, this is, it's, it's also more of a home for me. Um, but I remember my first go around, um, you know, I stayed for, for six months and then, uh, moved in with my sponsor and, uh, you know, I, uh, I relapsed immediately after moving out. Um, you know, cause I hit the real world and it was just, uh, oh, I don't have to pee in a cup anymore. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do fun things because I, I have control over it and, you know, I'm, I'm recovered. Um, and this time around is, is a lot different, uh, for me, you know, because I've, I've stayed here. Uh, I mean, I, I don't live in the housing anymore, but I've stayed here at McShin and, you know, working and everything. And that, that keeps me grounded. That keeps me focused. It keeps me around the right people. And, you know, my whole, my whole group of friends has, has changed completely. Uh, you know, the first time I, I came through, I didn't hang out with anybody uh, that was in recovery. Um, you know, like I said, I moved in with my sponsor, but then I immediately got a girlfriend and, uh, you know, we started using together really, really quickly. Um, now, uh, I've, <laughs> I've gotten back together with that same girl. Um, but the beautiful thing is both of us have actually stopped using. She's not, she, she doesn't suffer, um, you know, from, um, from any kind of addictive qualities or anything like that. Uh, but she, you know, she was a drinker. She liked to smoke weed, that type thing. Um, and she stopped all of it. Um, and she did that because, you know, I guess our relationship was more important than, you know, those, uh, those substances, which was awesome. Um, Here at aware, we like to call that an, uh, ally, an ally. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Mm. That's, uh, that's definitely what my, uh, what my girlfriend has become. Uh, she's become uh, a huge ally and she, she really supports my recovery, uh, which is, is awesome. Um, there's, it was crazy for the holidays. Uh, I, I was really thinking about it and this is the first Christmas, you know, season that I've spent, uh, clean in a very, very long time. And, I was really excited because I was like, holy shit. I was like, I can buy presents for people uh, because I have money in my pocket and I didn't spend them all on drugs. Um, you know, I can show up to relatives' houses uh, and actually be present and not have to worry about, you know, calling Steve to make sure that he was home so I could go get my shit, you know? Like, it was like it was just a totally different experience and it was awesome you know um i wouldn't trade it for the world um and I, we went over to my uh my girlfriend's parents house and uh when we got home uh her mom sent her a text that was just like justin looks so much better than the last time we saw him he looks healthy he's gained weight he was Not talkative and I was just like, not a Gumby. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, when I, I, I've, I've got almost a year clean right now. And when I first uh, showed up to make shin this last time, I looked like I was made of rubber. Uh, I had no muscle mass. I was basically all skin and bones. My face was sunken in and yeah, everybody called me Gumby. It was fantastic. Um, but that is no longer the case. Um, so that's uh, that's a little bit about me and my journey. Um, Jack, you've been waiting down there at the bottom of the screen very patiently. Uh, Jack I is the man. He I is to hear the from man. You. I'm just like, a man. I'm just like a man in charge, though. Uh, I'm just I'm just a man. Just a man over here. Uh, you know, my my name is Jack O'Sullivan, as it says on the screen. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a CRA trainer on the expansion team, um, which is very exciting. It's very exciting. I enjoy it. Um, I go and, and travel and, and uh, help open up new agencies in new states, which is, which is really exciting as we continue to grow 
and grow and grow and we're growing. Um, so it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're in Virginia now prior to this was seven other States over, over, over the years. Um, and since we've, we've got, uh, some investors were now able to uh, take it even further and do multiple states a year, which is really cool. Um, that's that's awesome. That's huge. So I'm just excited to be part of this movement, um, working with some awesome people and training some awesome CRAs um, that are here in this room right now. Everyone is everyone is great. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's exciting stuff. I'm, I'm in long term recovery myself from drugs and alcohol too. So I'm on uh, that journey that doesn't end. Right. And it's a uh, continue, you know, a daily process for myself and um, a day to day, month to month, year to year, however, however, however it is, you know, um, I'm on that journey and will continue to be on that journey. So minute, minute to minute sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And just talking about uh, what you were talking about, about uh, having money in your pocket on Christmas to buy gifts. Crazy, is, right? It's crazy. It's the craziest thing. And it's really such a, a nice feeling to be like, oh, wow, like people got me gifts and I can actually get them gifts. Yeah. Or I was getting gifts and I would be like, hey, like, here's a two dollar. I don't know, like a two dollar toy. Yeah. Or two dollar. I don't know. But like, I'm sorry I didn't get you Christmas presents. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I got, you know, and I'm just feeling horrible about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or giving your family cards that you drew on like a piece of like a cardboard box because uh, this is my christmas brother Merry christmas, you know okay so so i don't know if you guys can relate i'm sure you can my parents gave me cash <laughs> oh cash oh, no. money like wow yeah so uh I, I went to see him i don't know like two months ago and i've been carrying around this wallet so my girlfriend bought me this wallet that has like our silhouettes uh like imprinted onto the wallet. Um, it was a really cool wallet and I really didn't want to get rid of it, but it just fell apart. Uh, it was just, it was like I said, fantastic wallet, but the thing was just in bad shape. And the last time I went over to my parents' house, uh, I pulled out this wallet for some reason and they just looked at it and they were just like, dude, c come on, man. Like you're not in high school anymore. You know, let's let's tighten up. And I was like, look, I'm not getting rid of the wallet. I love the wallet. It's special to me. I'm keeping the damn wallet. So for Christmas, they bought me a wallet. And inside of the wallet was a crisp $50 bill. <laughs> I can't remember the last time that I actually got cash for any holiday, birthday, anything. Because they're like, we know exactly what you're going to spend that on as soon as we give it to you. You know, like I would get the cash and literally start dialing the number. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, but it was crazy, um, and they trusted me, uh, and that, that was a that was a really really cool feeling. Um, I think um, absolutely. I think like just to kind of touch on what Joe was kind of sharing on about the training. I mean, I, I think, uh, and not to give away too many trade secrets, but. Um, one of the things that AWARE has really focused on, which for me, and I also have worked at many uh, of the community options as well, um, there has been a lot of focus on our well-being. Um, it's been a lot of focus on like self-care and, and recognizing signs of burning out because when you are constantly giving to others <clears throat> and your cup runs out. And so to, to have a company really focus on how to keep my cup full um, was really cool. Doing things in training like meditations, uh, reading the four agreements, um, it, it, it mandatory uh, 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 find other support groups to go to, uh, which is not a terrible mandatory thing at all. Like, how dare they encourage me to better myself? Right. Um, and and then I think the way that they've picked the team really has been a fascinating thing to me as well, because each one of us kind of is 
we're all kind of the same, but we're kind of vastly different too. Like we, 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 some of us, I mean, not to put anybody's business out there, but some of us do, some of us don't go to meetings at all and have found a different pathway of recovery. Some of us have done maintenance. So we understand the importance of maintenance and, um, and so just to have this eclectic team, which they then pair with the client properly is such a, because my experience has been, you take care of 75 people and do it now. And it's like, holy shit, I don't know how to, and now I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm crying in the corner at night by myself. Like, so just the amount of care that aware recovery care puts into the whole operation is um, really, really cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things um, that I love about working here, uh, McShin. They uh, they're very much into if you need a mental health day, take a mental health day. Uh, you know, everybody else here will pick up whatever slack there may be. Um, if you want time off, take the time off. You know, you're still going to get your paycheck. Um, you know, if you need to, if you need to leave for an hour or so and just go sit in your car for a little bit and freak out. If you need to do that, go do that. Um, that's kind of what I love about working at, well, you know, a recovery organization in general. Um, there's that constant, and you get constant reminders too of like, are, are you taking care of yourself? Are you dealing with your own personal issues? You know, like, because I think it's it's super important because I mean, you you how can we help other people if if you know we we've got stuff going on inside? You know, if we're not dealing with our own uh, own our own issues, and uh, Let's face it. I mean, we're all still sick, you know, so um, I want to give a shout out real quick to Jason Cox. Um, he is either still watching or was watching or whatever, uh, but Jason Cox is really cool. Um, I don't know what he's doing these days, but he's been on the show before. Uh, really cool guy. I like him a lot. So, hey, what's up, Jason? He's um, working, also, he's, he's working down at uh, Sarah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Some work with him down there. Nice, nice. Um, I'm not sure who Denny Wilson is. Do you guys know Denny Wilson? Okay. Well, hey, Denny, how's it going? Uh, nice to see you. Thanks for commenting. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, let's hear uh, – what I want to hear is uh, some personal journeys, if anybody has uh, – you know, has any kind of like personal journey uh, stories that they want to share or any kind of like advice or anything that, that you may have learned uh, because we've got a lot of viewers. Uh, our biggest audience is actually in, uh, uh Oh, lost lane. Um, our biggest, um, uh, which we call it. Uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Um, the people who watch us the most, uh, come from uh from jails and institutions uh we actually distribute this podcast for free uh to over 48 uh, jails and institutions around the country um and those those folks are all struggling um and this kind of gives them a, a hope shot you know um does anybody have any kind of you know hope shots for those that are that are watching that are incarcerated right now that are you know, struggling with their own addictions or trying to get clean or, or what have you. Uh, anybody feel free to jump in and answer. I'll, um, I can talk a little bit about on some of my recent experience. Sure. Um, so I've, I've done, uh, aware definitely has kind of helped me to like branch out in my like ways that I recover, um, mm -hmm. Through working with AWARE, I did learn of some new different types of meetings and decided to give them a try so that I didn't go to a client and be like, hey, you should try this. I've never done it before. <laughs> um, and so there's definitely a lot of different pathways to recovery. Um, and for everybody, it's different. And I would definitely just say to anybody, like, whatever works for you works for you. And a lot of the stuff that um, kept me running was just a lot of guilt and shame um, sure. of, you know, never being able to do it right or at least feeling that way mm -hmm. um, and just striving for perfection. I remember, you know, one of the first times I got clean, uh, I didn't do the steps because I couldn't do them right enough. 
Um, and that was not per se of my sponsor. That was per se of me. <laughs> um, and so I, I was just afraid. Um, and, and then I decided to pick and choose which amends that I was going to make. Uh, mm -hmm. based on how much hate I had for that person. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We love it. Yeah, it, did, it, didn't, it didn't last very long, I'll say that. Mm. Um, but it, well, I really did. It lasted four years, but it was four years of, of sick and suffering mm -hmm. <laughs> still. So, and, uh, but I was still, you know, self-run will riot. You know, I wanted to mm -hmm. do it my way. Um, and I didn't even realize that I was doing it that way. And, uh, it took a lot of being able to just kind of look at myself in a different light. Um, and then like, you know, when the light shines on anything dark, the darkness becomes the light. Um, mm -hmm. so I just, this different time around, I, I actually started making amends and, and healing, all of that like pain that was really inside me. And I realized actually that I was actually the only one keeping me sick with all this hate inside of me. And I was so angry um, and I was a victim, uh, but I would walk around and be like, I'm a survivor, let's talk mm -hmm. about it. But right. I, was a, I, was a I was still a victim. I was still in the victim role of like, everybody's out to get me, all these people hurt me. And so I don't like them and I'm gonna protect myself. It's always everybody else's fault. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, um, but I, I just, I still didn't even see that I was just a victim of, of myself and all my experiences. So once I started to see that, I, I made amends with, you know, two people in my life that I swore I would never make amends to, which was my dad and my stepmother. And um, I actually made amends to them this year, this year. And I had Christmas with them this year for the first time since I was a child. Um, and it was the best experience ever. I wasn't full of hate or resentment and I just let it go. And I could just mm -hmm. feel God and, and my higher power, whatever it is, universe, the great outdoors. Um, I just felt it moving like yeah. in my life for once. And we sat and we laughed and, you know, my sisters walk in the room and they're like, oh, and then, you know, I think that this one sister hates me, so I don't want to go because she didn't respond to my men's letter. And she walks in the door and she's like, I love you, but I lost your letter. And I'm but like, I lost your letter. Yeah. She's like, I lost your letter. And she's, you know, hugging on me. And I, you know, we're just chatting for hours, you know, and, and I spent the night there. And then I get this long text from my dad telling me how much he loves me in his life. And. I just realized that like the answer is always me. Like I yeah. am the person that can change whatever is around me. And sure. when I change, the things around me change. So I notice when I'm like complaining about the things around me and my surroundings, it's because something of that frequency inside of me is matching that frequency. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like attraction, like the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. um, and so I noticed when I finally started changing me, I stopped complaining that everybody was so crappy because I was attracting those people on that level. So right. these different cool people I started meeting and I was like, wait, everybody's not like that, you know? Right. So yeah, just, I mean, the steps can really cultivate a spiritual awakening. Um, when I sit down with another um, person with a substance use disorder and just banter back and forth and have somebody tell me like, no, you definitely were being selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, you know, and I go, holy cow, you know, so I guess that's all I have, but I figured that might help somebody. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I can, I can definitely relate to, uh, to that victim mentality. Um, you know, I, I, for for the better part of my active addiction i was definitely blaming everyone else everyone else um and i and I, you know i have to admit when i when i first started using it was it was kind of fun uh, but then it became uh it stopped being fun and it, and it became a necessity and that's that's when the fun really stopped um but you know like i said i, I was i was uh, and for the, for the longest time, I, I blamed uh, my, well, my current girlfriend, who was my ex-girlfriend, but is now my, anyways, yeah, I blamed, <laughs> I blamed her for, for a lot of it. Um, 
you know, which wasn't fair at all uh, because none of it was her. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we are the way we are and we, we make the decisions that we make, um, you know, and, and I could have asked for, for help at any point in time. And I just, you know, I felt, I guess you could say I felt stuck. I felt trapped. Um, and I, I really thought that it was that my using was the only way out, you know? Um, but the more I used the the further I sank, um, <clears throat> haven't heard from Holly in a while. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to put you on the spot there real quick. Um, I see. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, um, but I want to, uh, like I said, uh, this, this goes out to, uh, to over 48 jails and institutions. Uh, Holly, do you have anything to say to, uh, to the people that are currently experiencing incarceration right now? Actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I <clears throat> pretty much, you know, throughout someone's life. And this is where I can relate my teenage years. You know, I don't think from the time I was 13 to 17 that I wasn't incarcerated and okay. <clears throat> it became a almost home away from home. And then it became a home and you mm. start to rely on almost being institutionalized. You, 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 you expect things to be a certain way and structured. And then when you get out, it's like, oh, well, that structure's gone. I need something to cope with that. Well, let me pop something real quick to cope with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it just is a, is a cycle. Well, I, I had to go and steal this to get money for this. And the police found this. So guess what? I'm back at square one. Right. Um, and I think that was it was just constant. And then when I hit 17, almost 18, my probation officer said, look, this is it. Either you shape up or you're in big girl jail now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to be smarter and not get caught this time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you just think I'm I'll just, smarter. I'll just I don't want to go to big girl thing, jail. Right? I don't like sharing underwear with people. You know, it's like, you just try to try to be more sneaky or smarter. Cause you know, everybody knows best. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's then you then you have real life and then whatever right. this life is and you what you deal with, you know, you, you start medicating is what I did is kind of medicating to deal with this life to, you know, just be able to cope with a lot of different things, a lot of losses. And then, like you said, you start using because of everyone else. Well, if this, if they didn't do this, I wouldn't be so upset. I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't need to take this. I wouldn't need to have something to go to sleep or, or go to sleep or not go to sleep. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it is that, you know, I, I definitely harbored a lot of anger, a lot of anger, a lot of just rage. And, and I think it just became a point where, you know, my rage overtook who I was and it, it, and I no longer was Holly. I just was rage right? and uh, rage with an addiction pretty much, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, it, it got to a point actually 2016, you know, um, where you just are like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm done. Yeah. I can't, I think I've hit, hit my limit to where I just want to be whatever this normal is. I don't know right. how to be normal. I don't even know what normal is, but this shit isn't it. You know, <laughs> what right, I'm doing right. right now is not it. So um, I, I took it upon myself actually to call um, uh, actually a, a, a place here when I moved here in 2015. And I was like, hey, can you, can you see me? Mm -hmm. And I just went from there and I, I was, um, outpatient, you know, and I just kind of fought the man the entire time. And I was like, you know, I know best. I don't need, you know, uh, recovery groups. I don't need AA. I don't need NA. I'm embarrassed. I don't want anybody to see me, you know? So then it, it becomes a whole other reason. Right. And yeah. I think just with some people, you just are tired of being tired. And I think that's exactly what landed me where I was at. And 
But now I'm able to take that tiredness and I make it into my strength. And that's what makes me go on every day and, and keep going and staying positive because it's hard. If I can sit here and tell you that it's easy being positive. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. easy. It doesn't come naturally to everyone, you know. Um, but the Something one you thing, you know, on every day. yeah, the one thing my old counselors tell me, you fake it till you make it. And then you start believing it. And I'm yeah. telling you, I'm a great ass actress. because yeah, I'm starting yeah, yeah. to believe it now, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> there, awesome. there's my story for uh, being put on the spot, Mr. Justin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, you, uh, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, that's, that's real good stuff. Um, Tucker. I'll yeah, I'll jump in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I um, at 20 years old, I I had to do my first sentence in uh, Henrico East. I did that rides program out there to knock off a few weeks of my sentence. Um, and to me, coming out of jail was 10 times harder than coming out of treatment. Uh, both of them institutionalize you, but coming out of jail with a felony made me feel like, what do I have? Like, I can't, I can't even get a job at Home Depot right now. How, how am I going to get on my feet? Um, I got, I mean, I'm lucky and I had a family where I could go back and live with them and they were supportive and all that. But I basically told them to screw off because I was so depressed. Um, the thing that really made the change for me is I had a shift in my mindset where it's time to actually start listening to the people in my life. Like I got to find those right mentors and I got to actually listen to them and not just like Holly was saying, not just tell them to screw off. I know better. Um, but actually listen to what they have to say, because there's a reason that they are where they are and I am where I am. Yeah. Um, so I, I am that person that Lane was talking about that um, found his recovery, not through the 12 step program. Um, I actually, I, I probably do two a year, but um, I've created my own thing that works for me. Um, and for me, that was finding those mentors, having lunch with them once a week, um, working out six days a week, uh, healthy eating patterns um, and being open with my communication with my family, my friends um, and really making that circle of people a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, not, not being so focused on being the, being the guy that everyone wants to hang out with, but being focused on the guy that people want to come to when they're in a time of need. Sure. Sure. Um, and then on that same note, um, something I really struggled with, um, especially when I got out of jail, was the life I was living prior to jail was full of excitement, parties all the time, like being the life of the party. And so, yeah, life life is boring <laughs> when, 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 you when you change that pattern. But I look at the people that I've surrounded myself now that are successful. They, their life is a lot more boring than my life was at 19 years old. But you know what? They have a bed to sleep in every life night. Is a lot more boring than my life. Uh, they, they don't have to worry about paying the bills at the end of the month. They don't have to worry about a relationship falling apart because some stupid decision they made the night before. Right. And so I finally like had the clarity that that's the life I do want to live. Cause that's the life mm -hmm. I grew up with and, and surrounding myself with those people that are going to continue to push me to be the person that I know I'm capable of being. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's good stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Uh, life is, uh, I don't know. Life is definitely boring. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's for me, it's just because I'm, because I'm clean 
uh, I've found that I, I tend to want to take on a lot more responsibility. Um, you know, I want to kind of conquer the world, you know, I want to do all the things that I couldn't do when I was using, um, you know, like, uh, just e even small things like, uh, I, I want to take out a loan to buy a vehicle, little, little things like that, you know, um, that I just never did when I was using. Cause I never, I never gave it a second thought. I was like, Oh, I, I, I have a car. So that gets me to, that gets me back and forth to, 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 to the drugs and back, you know? Um, so, so I'm okay with it. Um, but now it's like, well, I want to have something nice to be able to like, you know, take my girlfriend out in and, you know, I want to have, you know, something nice to take to and from where, you know, just, just little things like that. And it's, I don't know. I, I got excited about a garden hose the other day because, you know, that's because I'm probably 41 years old now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah. Uh, exactly. Can I, can I jump in? Real I get excited for coupons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> boring, man. I hate that word boring because before my life was chaotic and unmanageable and crazy, you know. So like now my life isn't boring. It's it's stable. It's healthy. Yeah, yeah. It's consistent. It's quality. You know, it's mm -hmm. not boring. Like when I look at it from one side to the other, I'm like it's different. But I like to use the word boring because like this is the life I deserve. This is life I really wanted. Like growing up as a kid, mm -hmm. I didn't say, "Oh man, I can't wait up. Wait, I can't wait to be a junkie." And have no money, no yeah. friends, and a shitty life. Yeah. You know, and always run from the cops and doing shady stuff, you know. And now I'm like, yeah. I have that quality of friends. I have relations with my family. I have a great girlfriend. I have a great job. Um, and that's a life, like when I was, when I look back to being a little kid, I never knew what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to have a good life. Right. I want to have a family and friends and stuff like that. So um, even as a kid, with all the crazy imagination, I still knew I wanted like those things. I just don't like to describe them as boring because it, like adds a stigma of like, oh, recovery's lame. Like, um, I don't I don't know. So and as far as just um touching on the topic of like people in jail, and I know these podcasts put a lot of those people out there, and I'm glad they get something to watch, you know, because I have not been to jail before, luckily. Not yet. I always say yet because you never right. know. You can go back you never know. You got a reoccurrence and wreck it all in a day. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been in treatment, working in treatment for a while. And what I notice is a lot of people that come out of institutionalization, institutionalization, they, um, they are, they're so like trapped in their own ways. It's hard for them to grow beyond that. And they go to treatment and they're just like serving more time. Right. And, even, right. and, they, and they, they, we kind of hit on a little bit is like, you know, they go to the same people in the same places and do the same stuff. And it's like, I am the average of my friends. I yeah. am the average of the people I hang out with. So if I come out and don't grasp onto the winners and, and do what those that are successful are doing and, uh, and, and kind of, you know, get rid of my friends and family that were negative or toxic, like I'm going to continue that, that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And for me, like the one suggestion I took when I got out of treatment was change my phone number. Yeah, like get rid of my yeah. phone, shut down all contacts, and that has worked very well for me. My phone has – it's a phone full of people in recovery now. Mm -hmm. Like whether it be friends or family or, or coworkers or colleagues or people I met at meetings or newcomers, like that's all my phone has in it. I don't – like, and sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I really miss so-and-so from five years ago. I'm like, why? Why yeah, I miss yeah. that person? Because I, I – and sometimes I'm like, I wonder if they're doing okay, if I could help them, like that whole kind of like save a person mentality. But – um like my life today is so full of good people I can reach out to and talk to about anything, anything. And it's not like I get shut down. I get an honest answer. Like that to me is so much more important than just the chaos of before. I'm just like living moment to moment, trying to get that next one in me, you know? Mm hmm. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, you're right, man. Um, yeah. The, I don't, it's crazy to think that, but I, I don't, I don't really have time to be bored anymore. Uh, just because like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take on so many responsibilities now. Um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to be present in as many aspects of life as I can, you know, uh, not only, not only for me, but for, for other people that I wasn't there for before. Um, Jack, uh, how you doing, man? I'm <laughs> I'm good. Uh, j just going off off of off the topic that you're that you're talking about, especially talking about like boring and, and things like that. Like I think I think uh, for me, I was so scared to get sober because I I, I thought that um, 
Like, how the hell am I supposed to enjoy life whatsoever on no yeah, side? Yeah. Like, what, like, where am I going to find this pleasure? Like, I don't understand. Cause like, for me, I really hate, like hated emotions. Like any uncomfortable feeling was like, oh my God, like I can't sit with that. I can't sit with myself or like any set, like any of it. So I have to, I have to do a substance so I don't feel right. Um, So my biggest thing of why it took me so long, so long to get sober is I was just afraid. I was so scared to like, to live life with, without it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to cope. Um, But the thing that I want to bring up is like, after going through like the pain of, um, you know, withdrawing off substances and having them out of your life for a while and, learn, and learning new tools is like the brain eventually does reset itself to a certain oh, yeah. extent where it's like where you used to be ingesting substances and you'd have a crazy amount of dopamine, serotonin release. It's now rewired, rewiring itself back so that you can enjoy like a chocolate chip cookie. And, and you're like, wow, that's like incredible or like a, a meal or whatever, whatever it is, like a, a little event, like a stroll in the woods. And you might like back in addiction really don't care about any of that. Like I don't, you know what I mean? I'm not going to notice the beautiful night sky. I'm not going to notice the trees in the woods, but eventually those, the, the, the rewiring in the brain makes it so I can go for a walk and, and can get a little bit of dopamine, you know, in, in, in my mind and say, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful thing. And that's with like all the little things that start to, that happen that you can look forward to and enjoy. So I think I didn't realize that that was a possibility. Like I didn't, like, I thought my brain is forever gone. Like I'm forever screwed and I can never feel good again for the rest of my life. So why am I going to get off drugs? It doesn't make sense to me. That's a scary feeling. That's it's incredibly scary, incredibly scary. And, and, and I think, um, I think that's, that's a huge reason why it's so hard to get through, um, or, or to want to, um, you know, take, take the journey because it is, it is, um, life, like, like, let's face it. Life is hard. Like, life's life's it's very rewarding it's very fun right but it's also a really really hard thing too so yeah for sure for sure that um that brings me back to i got i got back into school my first year of being clean and i couldn't remember anything when i was when i was writing papers taking exams and I literally had to be honest with the teachers of what was going on because I was like, I'm trying. Um, and I had to go to every help session and and really put in 100% more effort than the average student did. Yeah. Um, but after that first year, I was, I was watching my grades and it was just a trajectory like this. Like my brain mm-hmm. started coming back. The, the papers became a lot easier. The exams became a lot easier for me and seeing that reward for the hard work I'd put in on myself was the best feeling in the world and seeing that brain coming back to me um it 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 was just awesome my uh my memory I, I I thought I had a good memory before I've done a lot of memory destroying substances but I found that since I've been clean, my memory has actually been a whole lot better. I can remember people's names. I can remember their last names half the time. Uh, you know, I'm not just one of those guys. that's like, Oh, I can remember faces. I'm not going to remember your name though. Like I, that, that always used to be my story. Like I'll remember your face, not your name though. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember, I remember directions. Now I never used to be able to get around without GPS uh, and I can actually remember directions, which is awesome. Um, so Lane, uh, I want you to, uh, you know, give a hope shot to, uh, some of those folks in jail. If you can, listen, um, you know, January 21st, uh, I will, I will hopefully make it there and I will have six years of continuous recovery from uh, substance, all substances, mood and mind altering substances. And uh, it's five miles into the forest and it's five miles out. Like, I know that like, I got clean and, and I didn't have custody 
or visit and it was like it was like i gotta get a job i gotta get a car i gotta get a place i gotta get my son i gotta get this money i gotta pay these bills i gotta fix my credit i gotta get a girl i gotta have my family I got, and it was like overwhelming how, how fast i thought um i needed to have all of these things and some of them i got and it was overwhelming when i got them i didn't i didn't uh i wasn't prepared for them and sometimes i'm still not um so i think remembering to try and like give ourselves a break um and to slow the hell down because it's so important what i thought was important which it was but all that stuff is relatively easy to get i mean if i'm being honest getting a job getting a car looking good in front of a judge for visitation all that stuff is relatively easy to get but at the end of the night i still went to lay in the bed with with myself and my brain was the thing that was so fucked up all the time it was like god like why won't it shut up man like how do i fix this overwhelming feeling of sadness or impending doom or hatred for myself or like i've done all these things look at all these things i've done and yet life is still whipping my ass like like victoria said the victim mentality like i'm doing everything i'm supposed to do why can't i get a break and um the trick is longevity um it takes literally if it's five miles in and it's five miles out and there's no shortcuts there's no easy way out um and so i think having some patience and some love for yourself um and some tolerance for yourself and learning how to be receptive to other people telling me about me is I think one of the greatest tools that I've learned here. I mean, because before it was, you pull up on me about something that I did. You don't know me, bro. Like, who are you to, <sighs> you haven't lived my life, like just absolutely shut down to the idea because it felt like being attacked. And really what it is, is like the fear the fear of not being good enough, the fear of not being accepted or not liked or not loved or, um, so it just, it's all based in self-centered fear. It's about me. It's about this person is attacking me because I'm a bad person. They think what I think about myself. And really I've learned that it has, I am not that powerful, <laughs> you know, like, people don't really walk around in their daily lives worrying about what the hell I'm doing. It just doesn't work that way. And so when they come to me and say, Hey, like, this is what you did. This is what I noticed. Let's talk about it. Like really being able to look at it and look at, at, at the why, like, why do I act that way? And, and, and it's all of this is to say, like, I've only been able to become self-aware over an extended period of time being completely abstinent for me from all mood and mind-altering substances and working on myself and i still for the most part kind of suck at it you know like <laughs> my, my my character defects are so deep rooted in like childhood trauma in like in like schoolyard trauma and and parental trauma and sibling trauma like it, it's so deep rooted that it's crazy of me to think that i lived with them for three decades and now all of a sudden they're just supposed to be gone and it doesn't work that way i think becoming aware of them is the first part of it and then being willing to work on it through therapy 
through recovery, through friends, through people that care about me and have my best interest. So I think coming out of jail and, and look, people say, well, you know, uh, if you don't do it for yourself, it's not going to work. And like, I, I, for me, I can't stand that saying because there have been so many times that I did not do it for myself. I did it for my probation officer. I did it for my son. I did it for my partner. I did it for my mom. I it, like whatever it is that keeps people going in the direction towards a better life, then do it. Um, and so I think coming, coming out of jail, give yourself a break, man. Um, go slow and there's no right or wrong way to learn because ultimately people want to give this facade that there has to be a bubble. Well, you're new in recovery and you have to stay in this bubble to protect yourself from whatever. And it's like, I, I, I think the sooner, the sooner we get back into society and the sooner we start messing up and hurting people, hurting ourselves, you, you, you get the experience of how to deal with these things and keep going. So don't be afraid to, to mess up and don't be afraid to do it terrified. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that would be my message is, is time takes time. We're not bad people trying to get good. We're just sick people trying to get well. And, um, no matter how far down we've all gone, bro, I have seen some people do some mind bending shit in their own process of recovery. One of, one of these guys is a lawyer now. Like I know this dude personally, and he went from being a hopeless junkie to an attorney of law. Like what? So there is truly anything we can do if, if we want to do it. So just give yourself time and love and patience and be open to feedback and uh, learn how to lay down at night and maybe not every night whip your own ass and just be like, okay with being in bed. Just be present with, I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed, which is, which is my goal. I just want to be able to lay down at night and say, I'm tired, good night, and not have this fucking circus permeating in my brain. And I've acquired that 70% of the time. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, uh, give yourself a break. Uh, take it slow. I like that. Uh, that's that's the that's the thing. We we get clean and and we start thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get all this stuff done. I've got to get all of it done. I've got to get all of it done right now. And I have no time to do anything else except for do all of this stuff. Um, I want to thank y'all very much for uh, for coming on the show. Uh, we've been at this for a little over an hour now. Uh, which this time really flies. Um, but yeah, I really, like I said, I really appreciate y'all coming on on such short notice. I think it's really cool what y'all are doing uh, and how you're doing it. Um, you know, doing the in-home care and all that. That's, uh, that's really important because uh, I think a lot of people, there's that fear of, of coming to a place and doing a thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people get scared. I, I know, I know I used to be scared of doing stuff like that. Um, anyways, uh, Lane, I want to thank you again for, uh, kind of putting all this together last minute. I, I just, I, I had sent Lane a message, Hey, you want to be on the podcast this afternoon? And, uh, all of a sudden now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, we had nine people at one point, uh, with, with just audio. So that's, uh, that's a hell of a show to throw together. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, we are live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. Um, this will be up on uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any of the podcasting platforms you can think of. Uh, we stream to all of them. Uh, I will have the show up probably probably by tomorrow. Um, so, again, thank you all for, uh, for coming on the show. We've got one more comment. Let me see. And while you're looking at the Hodges. comment, I just want to jump in and say, in light of this being a team that we have and doing things as a team, the idea actually was planted by Mr. Joe P. I'm just the one that ran uh, with it. So want well, to give kudos you, Joe where kudos are due. Awesome. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate the, uh, the idea. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we're going to, we're going to call it a show. And um, thanks again. And uh, yeah, I'll see you all uh, later on. Thanks so awesome, much. Awesome, everybody. Really appreciate Thank you guys. It. Have a great day. Take care. Hi, everyone. I'm Honesty Liller. I am the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a woman in long-term recovery. Since May 27, 2007, I have not used drugs or alcohol. Woo -woo. Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for Get In The Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, we really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? smart recovery, faith-based, whatever, um, that we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShin. Let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in who can do what. And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, the podcasts have been amazing and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes and all of your energy and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks.